0: Blood Talk Radio. All a hundred children, the sea island, I have to say thank you,
1: thank you, thank you to all a hundred children, thank you, thank you God for this show we show. Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This year, the queen quite head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad it for Dave Reichel. one more again. For we show and thing like that. And broadcasting not just right Reichel, but also in the clubhouse. So glad that the family to join me and thing one more again. This year month
0: a financial literacy month. And so, as we always do, we the key upliftment to the living legacy and the parents ancestral homage. So this your day, we want first take a moment of silence. For all we got to get your ancestors who had the mother with anything like that, we left with this your land on which we still stand, on Jacksonville, North Cackalacky, down Jacksonville, Florida. We, keep thanks to God for them, and it's your legacy. Well, keep we, who we be, right here in the land upon the sea. Let me take a moment of silence for the family. I say, I say,
1: I i so glad that all 100 children did with me one more again. They shed a clean quiet head upon the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad that we got all the family
0: were together right here with me. This your month, one more again. Because, you know, every year, this your time. We suffer, for crack with teeth, but this your day. But I think, say, other us children, they know for true. How well do you be? So I'm so glad that we had this your time for study What this your thing one more again called financial literacy. Now, if anybody ever been around me and things like that, you know I'm in love for two things down from the paper and help so that you know I like for read. I like for write and things like that. That is the whole is of this your thing. It's called literacy. So, let me quickly teach the other rest of the way so that Honor will overstand all of this year because it to so since many of my listeners
1: do not know Gullah, I'm going to speak this way, especially for most of this episode, because the information is too vital, too rich, for you not to fully overstand all of what I am saying. And so it's interesting that every year at this time, It's April, and I know a lot of people's minds in the United States is on tax season. And whether they get a refund or not, they know that time is running short on filing taxes. Well, that's one aspect of looking at money, especially when people are looking to it to get the refund every year. Now, every year, everybody knows that in January, I'm the one harping usually on finances and financial benefits of funds that people may have or coming in because January is usually when land taxes are due throughout the Gullah Geechee Nation. Now, there are a few unique instances like down in Florida where people might have the opportunity to miss a year paying their taxes and not have their land auctioned. But for the most part in any of the other parts of the Gullah Geechee Nation, especially in South Cacolac, if you miss. That year, you have not paid those taxes. What happens is from January then to February, then there are fees and penalties put on there. The next month, there are more fees and penalties put on there. The next month, there are more fees and penalties put on there until you get to August. August is when they usually send out registered mail that says, well, we did sent these bills over and over. Nobody's responsive. This time we're going to send it so that you have to sign. So they know you cannot come back later and say, well, we never got the tax bill because now they will have a document that shows that someone signed. And then they can have proof that they gave you another opportunity, pay all those fees now that it accrued, all that extra money on top of the original tax bill, and you still didn't pay. So if you still don't pay, here we go. October comes around. That's when land auctions take place. Now if the land gets auctioned off, you got to now come up with the money that somebody paid at the auction, which is always more than what the original tax bill was before all the fees and everything accrued. And what's this now? The registered mail material was $75 plus, extra dollars the county put on there and all of that because their thing is they had to pay somebody to stuff those envelopes to take them to the post office. They had to pay for all that stuff at the post office. They charge you $75 on top of the other fees, and now you have the interest that you would have to also pay back to the individual if they buy this land at auction because you do have one year and one day before that person can say they actually own that property. Well, many Gulligichis Never know that that's the way that that whole process of land loss takes place. My thing has always been about reversing this. Learn how to retain your land instead of learning the steps of what happens to lose your land. So one of the major things that I'm really, really proud of having been part of and never really took the time to think about it and when it happened, haven't thought about it over these decades. But now I realize how critically important it was when several elders who none of which are alive anymore, and I came together, which were part of the concerned citizens of St Helena. We talked about ways to help people continue their land. There had to be another way to do this other than folks running at the end of the year, running into January, and then trying to figure out where to get this money from or running in in September. Trying to get downtown with money before the land get auctioned off, because this is not a viable solution to generational wealth building. It's not a viable solution to maintaining land ownership. So we started to figure out that many people, unfortunately, in the black community, especially, do not like to pay their bills in full, or some are not able to, some just don't like to. So the thing is, is if that was well, we say you don't want to pay a one lump sum, you want to pay it piecemeal, and then you want to do something else with the rest of the money. Well, when it comes down to your wealth, let's don't piecemeal it unless we're buying things that are called slices from Charles Schwab, where you are buying little portions of stocks until you're able to buy actual stocks and bonds in whole and not all companies let you buy slices. Otherwise, let's don't piecemeal this thing when it comes down to land and retaining and maintaining land ownership. The same way you can't go down here and get no Jordans on piecemeal, you got to have all that money, let's think like that when it comes down to land. You save for it, you have it, then you spend it. Now, I believe, except for that, say there was an old lady that lived in a shoe, ain't nobody out here living in no Jordans. So if we don't buy those, most of the time people have the money for the land taxes. I'm saying this mostly to the younger generation who are the ones who are heirs to property. And once the grandmamas pass or the mamas or daddies pass, then they're going to be around here scrambling trying to figure out how to do this. So it's important now to learn the steps of holding on to land. Land is always an asset. It is not a liability. Even though you pay taxes on it, you pay taxes on a whole lot of things and you say nothing about it. You buy clothes, you buy shoes, you buy TVs, you buy shirts. These things, you know, It doesn't matter. You buy any of that stuff. Even you buy food at restaurants, you pay taxes on it. So no one runs around saying, oh, it's such a liability, I'll never buy no more clothes. Oh, it's such a liability, let me get rid of all the clothes I got and whatnot, and I won't have this problem. Well, you'll have another problem. You don't say, I'm not going to eat in another restaurant ever again because I had to pay taxes. This is a liability. But... Those are all things that you continue to do, no problem. But somehow, it's easy to convince folks that their land, because they pay taxes on it, is somehow a liability and not an asset. Herein lies a major problem. The reason that many families, unfortunately, throughout what we call the Black Belt South, lost land, is because Many people weren't literate. Now, having the ability to read doesn't always mean you have the ability to comprehend and really overstand or understand all the words that are placed before you. And when it comes down to financial markets, land or real estate, and the dictation that goes with it, there's usually an intentional use of a separate language other than what is considered the common vernacular, meaning the thing that people, everyday people speak and the way that everyday people speak. That's not normally what is done in the financial arena. That's not what is done in regard to real estate. Even if you are having a land dispute in South Carolina, that land dispute has a special court called Masters and Equity Court, and you cannot go in there and represent yourself. Now, other cases, and they always tell you, you know, <laughs> the person who's the lawyer that has a client that's themselves is a fool. So when this comes to court. So the thing is, a master's in equity court don't let you make a fool of yourself because they will not allow you to even attempt to come in there and represent yourself. You have to be represented by an attorney, a licensed attorney that's passed the bar in the state of South Carolina. Now, I will have to check and verify if... The other three states in the Gullah Geechee Nation, between Jacksonville, North Carolina, and Jacksonville, Florida, have that same requirement when it comes to land issues. Having been to Masters in Equity Court and won the case and actually got to sit up front with the attorneys um, and everything, having done that, having worked on a lot of land issues over the years, having had a tremendous amount of dialogues and have been a part of so many different fundraising efforts for land over the past four decades, I cannot count these things. There are countless stories to me that never cease to amaze me, though, that usually one or two people hold a family hostage about what's really happening to the land, what should go on on the land. And meanwhile, the people who are holding the rest of the family hostage have no type of background in real estate law, They're not attorneys, and they don't actually comprehend wealth building and don't have a background or foundation in financial literacy and wealth building. So here in comes Gullah Geechee's legacy. We have a legacy tied to the land, especially that on the coast from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida including all the sea islands and then 30 to 35 miles inland onto the mainland, to the St. John's River. So you have a myriad of issues that connect to this legacy of land. You have the crime against humanity, wherein people were first put into bondage on the land. You have the joining of traditions on the land between indigenous and African people. You have... The Civil War coming, but during that time period, many of our ancestors purchasing land, but then groups of some that didn't purchase land had land grants, and then those grants got revoked. Then you have the Reconstruction era, which leads right into the Jim Crow era, where there's an all-out assault on black independence and black self-sufficiency, And when you have land, you can be self-sufficient, you can be independent if you are self-determined. So you have to have ability, in addition to literacy, to continue to have a legacy of land ownership and to be able to do generational wealth building. Because our ancestors poured a foundation where their blood, sweat, and tears is already in the land. The land is already enriched by all that they seeded it with. Now, if the ancestors in the family passed down to the elders in the family, and those elders did not get assimilated and passed down to their children or their children's children, the knowledge, the mother would and things like that, that the elders, Akayona, who have been the evil, my Dinkama, Linka, Yurova, Gola, Gizi, Mendi, Tavni, Afiki, Bibio, Masi, Edisto, Kri, and that chiller, then passed down and things like that. Then, the hunter might be all right. But now if you do not have a family legacy of having the knowledge base passed down to you, that is a problem that's not your fault. But one of the things that we often say is a to know better, honey supposed to do better. So my job is to help people know better even if their parents, their grandparents didn't know any better, couldn't teach what they didn't know, couldn't give what they didn't have. Well, herein is an ability that I'm fortunate to have to learn things and be able to pass on what I learned. So let's go to this month right here and what this month is really about. So now, every year, Financial Literacy Month is celebrated in April. This is considered not just a month of celebration or commemoration like anybody that I know about. I wish they did. Maybe I'll start one myself. Having financial literacy parties, which would be a great idea. But what it is, it's a month to challenge you. It's a month to challenge you to look at money in a different way. It is a month to think about setting some goals that are financial for not only yourself, but I would encourage you, especially if you're to to think about setting that kind of goal for future generations of your family, for you to lay a block on the foundation. You already got land. If you got heirs property or you got land, if someone bought some land and gave you a piece, You have a foundation. So if you already have that, how can you improve the ways that you make and retain money? See, because herein lies the problem. When they talk about the American wealth gap, the issue is that black people who do make money, and I'm not talking about a particular tax bracket you're in. I'm talking about money, making money, any kind of money. What tends to happen is instead of saving some money so you can invest it in the ownership of your asset, such as land, or if you already have land, invest it in the land you have so that you do not have a mortgage because a mortgage means the bank owns the house, but something that you outright own the deed to. What instead happens is they know that the black community tends to be a consumer market. So everything is marketed as a niche market set of advertising so that people will spend let's say back to the conversation about taxes being due next Monday instead of April 15th it's April 18th. Look at this. A lot of people already got tax refunds. Where does that money get spent? Does it get spent on purchasing property? Like land I mean property. Or does it get in the hands of people who sell other types of property like cars and spinners and, you know, weaves and nails and, you know, what What are we spending it on? Are we at least investing it in education? And if we are investing it in education, are we investing in any books that relate to money making and money retaining I just bought a book today for this month called Crazy Faith. I happen to see it. It fits right in because Financial Literacy Month is about reading. There is a book called Think and Grow Rich that has sold millions upon millions upon millions of copies since Napoleon Hill first wrote it as the 16 Laws of Success. Now, in particular, I would encourage Gullah and the African diasporic family to get Dennis Kimbrough's version, which is Think and Grow Rich for the black community. And the reason I would encourage you to read that one first, if you've never read Think and Grow Rich, and if you've read Think and Grow Rich, to go and read that one, is because the number of iconic figures who were people of African descent who most or many of them featured in the book had been enslaved themselves or had been the children of the first set of people who saw emancipation that actually came out of enslavement, chattel enslavement, the crime against humanity. Think about this. You or your mother or your father or your mother and your father were considered property treated as property. You were bought and sold. You were traded. You were given away as wedding gifts. You were all that. Now you have an opportunity that you are not seen in that manner, but you're a property owner. Think about it. Now, how do you come from Being considered property yourself alongside of deeds for property, alongside of boots, alongside of cows and mules and and cotton and rice and indigo bills of cotton, here it is, barrels of indigo. How is it that you go from that to being seen as a human being? And a human being that has the intellectual capacity to recognize that the things that have been valued have been yourself, because your body and your intellectual property has been used to build wealth for other people and to take back your power and say, well, if I can do that for other people, I can do that for me and mine, and I want this to be done for my ears for generations to come. So I'm going to go down here to this auction thing, but this time I'm not being sold. My child's not being sold. My spouse is not being sold. My sisters and brothers are not being sold. We have collectively come together, and we're coming here to buy this time, and we will become the owners. We have mastered this land. We know how to work this land, and we will work it, and then we will pass on that knowledge base to the next generation to
0: do so. God for this show. Thank God for them. We'll be had the mother with anything like that. We're glad he for seeing finally behind the show. So.
1: Here it is that many of us in the Gullah Geechee Nation who have retained property, land, real estate, got it in 1862. There are some families, if they had land grants, they will have a history and a legacy where they may not know about it because those land grant things were undone. And that's a whole nother story, and you can follow GullahGeecheeNation.com com and you can go and actually read about this and read about what took place and why some people's land was taken. Just put in the search box Queen Quet and land ownership or Queen Quet black land there, and you can read a lot about that or put in Queen Quet and heirs property. I've discussed that many times. And also on TV, if you subscribe for free, T V G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E dot TV, you'll be able to learn more about black land ownership and what happened where some retained it, where some did not, and how people are in the position now that they need to make a decision whether they're going to hold on or they're going to lose out, whether you're going to be dependent or independent whether you're going to build wealth for the next generation or you're going to bankrupt your future generations. Because the black wealth gap in America is not closing. In fact, it feel like this pandemic, as some call it, actually widened it all the more. Because instead of already having assets accrue, where we have funds in the bank account and in investment tools that can benefit us now and for future generations, We instead take the money we have and we consume it. It's like having a plate of food and eating it all at one time. You have nothing left for the next day. So if you take all your money you make every week or every two weeks or even every day now, because some people got your little hustle going every day. If you spend it every day, you don't have anything to invest in the future. So investing and spending are not one and the same. Investing allows your money to make more money. Spending means you just invested in somebody else's family and their future generation's wealth. So financial literacy is no different than other literacy. You have to read, but then read and comprehend what you're reading. Have an understanding of what you're reading. Don't just read about money just because you like money. The whole thing is money has to be used as a tool. It does no intrinsic value just on its own. It has to be used for a purpose. And the purpose to leave wealth to your future generations is even scriptural. Say a wise man, and I would add a wise woman, leaves an inheritance to his children's children's children. So they should inherit good saving habits, good investing habits, and blessed anointed knowledge of how to hold on to the greatest asset we would ever have as Gullah Geechee people, besides God being in your life, would be land ownership, especially if that is a land that your ancestors had previously been enslaved on, and you could proudly stand on it and say, I'm standing on, I'm owner to this land, So therefore, I stand in the same place my ancestors stood, and they thought enough for me to leave this for me to stand on and feed my family from. So when we look at April, we shouldn't just look at it as, oh, you know, it's springtime, and yeah, you know, we should just get out here and have a good time or whatever. We need to start to think about what is it that we're going to leave for the future. So Financial Literacy Month is a great time to gather the family together and start to learn about various terminology that people do use in finance So we start to understand their language. Then we can communicate with financial brokers about what we really want. Even Cash App and these other electronic means by which we transfer digital money around, they have the ability for you to invest in stocks and even cryptocurrency nowadays. But do you overstand or understand what you're investing in if you do that? Robinhood and all of these different things – They would go ahead and say, oh, you'll get one free stock or you'll get a certain amount of a stock. Well, what stock is that and how do you know what to buy? And what happens when you get those letters in the mail that tell you now there's a meeting of stockholders? Would you attend or wouldn't you? Or if you attended and you didn't understand all the terminology, would you go again? How would you vote? So it's going to be really important for us to start to read That's cool that we have these mechanisms by which you can hear me, but that's not reading. And this is not a dialogue. It's not a class. So you don't have the opportunity to ask questions and say, oh, well, you use this word, what is that, how do you spell that word, let me look this word up and let me delve into researching it. Do just that. It is a wonderful opportunity to spend each day starting to learn at least one word in the financial arena what that word is and then how do you engage in using those words that are tools like stocks bonds 401ks and all of this now as much as we talk about financial literacy month being somewhat new in some arenas in actuality the whole history of financial literacy goes back to 1787. Now, I found that mind-blowing almost, okay? But they also said it didn't catch on really until 1914 with this thing called the Smith-Lever Act, which focused on providing citizens of the United States with necessary learning experiences, including financial education. So here it is that when we think about it, if we think about our community, 1787, you are talking about transatlantic slave trades going on. So we're definitely not included in this, or are we? We are, because we're the commodity at that point. We're not the ones buying the commodities. We are the commodities. Black people were the commodity at that time. Of course, coming into the period of time I mentioned Reconstruction and Jim Crow era, all the way into the 1960s, the the integration era even, there were still things being talked about in closed rooms that were not ever rooms that black people were allowed into. We could not Purchase stocks and bonds. In certain areas, people could have all the money they wanted. They wouldn't allow them to purchase land or just a house, not even land, but a house on a lot. Now, we don't have that issue. They'll take anybody's money. As long as it's green, it's spendable, you can use it. You can purchase things. But how and why are you making these purchases? What are you investing in? And I would hope you're investing in the future generations of your family. And so when we talk about Financial Literacy Month, it's only about two decades old at this point. And at that point, it was because people realized that There were a lot of people going into debt, a lot of people staying in poverty, simply because there was just a select group of people in the population that really understood and controlled the financial industry. The Financial Literacy Month mission has always been to promote and advocate for and support financial literacy efforts throughout the United States, especially it was supposed to be in schools. It was supposed to start to be a part of that educational curriculum that they talked about back in 1787 that it needed to be taught to people. But guess what? Remember I mentioned the book Think and Grow Rich? Remember I mentioned that it was called The 16 Laws of Success at first? It was all based on Napoleon Hill's work actually interviewing the top people in America back in that time that now one would refer to as the Great Depression and the Gilded Age era, that he got to discuss with them what their secrets to success were. What was it about them that made them be able to be what today would be your billionaire? Back then, they became the millionaires. Today would be the billionaires. What made them just shoot out here ahead of everybody else and have wealth beyond belief? And so he started noticing certain things amongst these people. And one thing everybody that that is wealthy will tell you is they read every day. They read every day. Now, whether they read financial books or, financial newspapers or anything every day? Not necessarily, but they read every day. And so it's crucial that literacy be a part of your life if you want a wealth legacy. And it's essential that part of that literacy is about financial things so that you overstand it. And if you can do this with your children and do this early, when they are in elementary school and they're first starting to read, they will have this type of financial intelligence as they go on through life. And so this is an opportunity for you to get together with friends or with family and start to think about, just even one major thing that you would love to be able to do, write that down. Figure out what would it take for you to do that one thing. And I, somewhere within there you're going to say it will cost X amount of money. So now you need to put an amount down and then figure out steps to getting to that amount. I guarantee you're going to have to save. Or you're going to say, well, I could go borrow money. But then if you borrow, then the money has to be a higher value than what you put in the page because it's going to all depend on this thing called interest, that they're going to charge you extra because ain't nobody just loaning money usually without wanting some extra return on what they're investing in you, borrowing their money from them. So here it is that it's crucial that during – Financial Literacy Month, you personally take the time to pledge to yourself that you are going to set some goals, to have assets in your life, to have more money saved up, like in particular if you don't personally have an emergency fund that they used to say you needed three months worth of money saved that, in other words, add up all your bills for one month, everything for one month, and then multiply that by three months. Now I would say round it up so that you can include stuff that you ain't even calling a bill, things like your food and all that. You don't necessarily call it a bill, but you actually should because you. I would hope you ain't going to the supermarket boosting so you are actually having to pay for that food. So round it up and then say, okay, this is one month, multiply that by three. That's how much money they used to say you should have for an emergency fund in case you lost your job. Well, now because of COVID, people say you really need a year's worth of money. So now take that one month, multiply by 12 so if you don't have that much money liquid, meaning you can actually go reach right now and get it, meaning whether you got to go in the bank and do a withdrawal slip and take it out, go to an ATM, because they ain't going to let you take up so much of an ATM in the first place, but you have to go in the bank, take out the money, or you have a safe or something where you have that money liquid, meaning you can get your hands right on it, not something you got to pawn, not something you got to sell, stocks and all this stuff, you have to sell them off to get it liquid. We're not talking about liquid money. That's what you have to have in an emergency fund. Do you have a bank account? Do you have that kind of money in the bank account if there's an emergency? The way climate change is happening, the way storms are happening, it is essential that Gullah Geechee families really start to think about this, having that emergency fund. I would add that once you add up that 12, right, that number for the one month times 12, you add that 12 months of emergency fund money, go back and look at that tax bill that I've been talking about. Whatever that tax bill is for this year, multiply it by three. Now add that to that as well. Because at any given time, your land can be reassessed. The value will change, your millage rate will change, and now you're paying higher taxes. Somebody might just move in next door to you and cause your taxes to go up on your property, whether you have a house on it or not. But if somebody sells out from next door to you, guarantee your taxes are going up because now they assess the value of your property based on what the last person nearby you sold theirs for. That's a whole other topic for another night. But that's why I'm saying that you take whatever that current tax bill is, multiply it by three, and add it to that other 12 times what your bills are per month at the moment. Then you got a starting point for an emergency fund. You might really need to take all of what I said and then multiply by two to really have a real cushion. And guess what? If you don't have an emergency, that don't mean spend it all at the end of a year. That means build on to that, continue to add to that. And at some point, if you haven't had an emergency, let's say in five years or ten years, you probably got a down payment or the full amount to purchase some land, purchase additional land, enhance things that are on your property, renovate your home, modernize great grandmother home, various other things. But we have to start knowing you gotta start somewhere. Them old mason jar and thing like that, you get true independence and thing right in there and thing like that. Alright? So you can start off with just a mason jar. And put Money in there. You can put, we used to do all of this, put your loose change in there. I know y'all saying, but we don't carry change around no more. We do everything with cash out and we do um, Venmo and we do all the social handle no change no more. Okay then. Well, you need to cash out into an account that you never touch then. That's the way you do that digitally. And then you don't have a problem. You'll have that in the event that there is an urgent emergency and you have to make a move or a decision right away that's going to cost you something. So I highly recommend getting yourself some books. There are still bookstores. You can go in and look through entire areas about money, about finances, about land ownership, and you can purchase the books. But I, but more than that, because I love having a library at your house, you say, well, I don't want to purchase a book because I want to do what you said. I want to save some money. Well, then go to your library. Go to your library and say, this is Financial Literacy Month. Do you have a display? Do you have an area that's set aside with books about this topic? And then pick out four books for the month. We're already one week in, so you've got to catch up now. So go ahead and get yourself four books. You don't have to take them all out at one time. Take one out each week. Read one per week. And see how much you discover that you could be doing. There's one book called Girl, Make Your Money Grow. It's a black author. So she writes for the average everyday black woman that's just a working class woman how to get out of debt and then get yourself to the point where you can start investing. So it's a wonderful thing to do. And even if you go to DHS.gov, they actually have a Financial Literacy Month page up here. And They have a little quiz on it so that you can test yourself because Financial Literacy Month is always about self-evaluation. You have to decide where you are financially first. So on the little test that they have, they ask you how well does the statement describe you or your situation. And then they proceed with questions such as, I can handle a major unexpected expense. I'm securing my financial future. Because of my money situation, I feel like I will never have the things I want in life. I can enjoy life because of the way I'm managing my money. I'm just getting by financially. I'm concerned that my money I have will, will, will save and won't last. They have another section. How often does the statement apply to you? And they ask about you giving gifts. Ask about having money left over at the end of the month. They ask if you're behind in your finances. They ask if your finances control your life. Then they have you select your age group, and then they'll give you a score. Now, once you get the score, you don't have to share that with nobody. This is your own personal business. This is all being done by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, but this is your decision when you finish the quiz, you can take that information and now evaluate where you are financially and then decide, are you okay with that? Because that's all about you. Are you okay with where you are or would you like to be in a better position with money? And more than that, I encourage us as Gullah Geechies, that we have a legacy. We have a legacy of land ownership. That gives you an advantage that many people in America, don't care what ethnic group, have never had to come out the gate being landowners, having someone have thought of them all the way back a few generations and want to leave something so that you can farm on it, feed yourself from it, catch fish in or around it. You can feed yourself literally and spiritually, and that you can then hopefully financially find a way that you use your skill sets to bring in cash so that you pay the folks who say, well, once a year we're coming for some taxes for that, on that independence. <laughs> we're coming for that tax on that asset that you have. So this is an opportunity for us to continue to hold on to our land and our legacy is beyond paying the taxes and hustling up money once a year. We have to find economic drivers on that land and be able to then leverage that to be able to hire others that can work there, work for us, work in our businesses on that land, build more wealth, expand your land ownership and acquisition, and then be able to have proper documentation and order so that if you pass the day of tomorrow, the right somebody inherits all you worked for, but that you've already trained them and given them vision that they too would see that they want to continue the journey and leave an inheritance to their children's children's children. Start this month when you know better, do better. If you never knew that this was financial literacy month, you know now if you've been listening. I've seen some people come in the clubhouse. I've seen some people drop out of the clubhouse because I ain't just sitting there a crack joke and thing like that. That ain't just a crack like that. They this all evening because there are some times that we've got to make it as plain as possible. And because so many people have already lost their legacy linguistically and via land, I'm making it clear in this language that most who were forced to speak it know. And so that you can take this back to others who may not be fluent in Gullah and still grasp where I'm coming from. If you follow Gullah Geechee Nation, on Facebook, our fan page, I posted an entire blog that I did previously about Financial Literacy Month. If you follow at on Twitter, it has been posted there, and I will be reposting those things and blogging some more about this. Next Monday, 7 p.m., here on Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio, I will have someone who is a person who is a financial coach who will be here on the air again, Sister Felicia Gomes, Gregory, and we will discuss again as we do annually the importance of various tools, various mechanisms that many of us in the black family are not taking advantage of using, but people are taking advantage of us because they still consider us a commodity. This time that you are being sold a line of bunk, to tell you you've got to have something that you ain't got to have. And so, therefore, you give all the wealth outside the community and leave no legacy. We do our ancestors and our elders a disservice when we lose land. We need to be acquiring more of it. We need to be reclaiming it. We need to have our communities, our families restored, and we need to be able to make sure that they have good health build wealth. So don't ever think that land is a liability. It is always an asset. And the more literacy you have, it is an asset as well. I'm not talking about reading no text. I'm not talking about these little inbox messages. I'm talking about actually reading books in their entirety. And if you need to, have a dictionary right next to you, a hard-covered real dictionary where you flip the pages and or Google words and know the definitions because again when you don't know and you go in the court you're probably going to lose because they'll be talking in a language you don't understand you ain't going to have time to research it then this is not a new thing people have taken advantage of our community for generations because the common statement is, if you want to hide it from black people, put it in a book. So we've had many of us write books to encourage prosperity, to encourage wealth building, to enlighten about land ownership. Now, if I did jokes and stuff, then people don't mind you being a millionaire. But if you are someone who is considered an activist, somehow they want you to be broke. Well, movements cost money too. So I don't see why we have that thought in our heads. But then again, people will say that Jesus, or some will say black Jesus, let me be very clear, um, that, oh, he didn't have money. Really? So then why was there someone who was a tax collector with him? Why were we talking about mites and other things? That's money. Why was that being discussed? Because even that movement cost money and costs lives. And that's what happens here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. If we do not have an investment in who we be and things like that, it costs money, it costs land, it costs lives. It was money that was generated because of the lives of our ancestors who worked the land, whose blood, sweat, and tears is in it. So how can you so easily lose it, sell it, give it away, give them away, throw away, and take like that. You've got to be doing it because you have no understanding. If someone convinced you that it wasn't worth anything, thereby convincing you, you and your family ain't worth nothing either. Because if you thought we were, you'd invest enough in us to make sure that you leave a legacy for the next generation here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. And so I would be remiss as chiefess and head on the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation to not spend time specifically focused during April on the wealth we already have in the Gullah Geechee Nation, and that's land ownership. That's a legacy that we have. It's an honor to have it and to say, yes, we must have more financial literacy so that we have the ability to use tools that are now accessible to this generation that wasn't accessible in previous generations to our families and be able to use the financial means that we have to take every penny, the same way our ancestors did, literal pennies, save them up, hold on to your land and buy more land. Build what you need on the land, out of pocket, instead of letting the bank continue to make money off you and then threaten you when you don't pay one bill and say, we taking it back, we foreclosing. We ain't even going to get into the various things that are nefariously done. That's just ways that people lose things legally because they lack literacy. So if you do nothing else, this month, do me a favor, go to your library, obtain any book, but I highly recommend to black people that you get Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice by Dennis Kimbrough so you can read from whence many of the black millionaires came, out of slavery and into wealth, wealth that could have been for multi-generations. Some, unfortunately, did not hold on to it for multiplicity of generations because the first person made it and the next generation spent it. And that is not just amongst black people. That has happened to some of the wealthiest families in the world that you would think of when you think of those, especially those of the Gilded Age. They had grandchildren or even children that blew the money. But these names still exist as people of wealth, and Gullah Geechee people exist as black gold richness, people of wealth as well. And so to enhance our wealth, we must enhance our minds. So I encourage you to continue to support the efforts we're doing here for Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy. I want to say thank you, thank you to all the 100 children who gave to Cash App, a dollar sign, Gullah Geechee Nation, to Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy Fund, a red of us to them who get through GoFundMe to the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy Fund, and them who've been a support we right you last week for the Coastal Cultures Conference, where you help me for whole pun we land, whole pun we legacy, so that the next generation can be right ya where we be. And you know right here, for this your land in the sea. We know who we be. We be Gullah Geechee anointed people. This year, the Queen Quit, head upon the body, of the Gullah Geechee Nation, I shall gladly that Hunter children taught them not robbery, for join me this year month for financial literacy. But Hunter children hold upon this year Gullah Geechee land. This year the truly we legacy. We have to leave the wealth for the next generation, or all this year work.
0: And
1: it'll be in vain. Let that not be the case. This year the Queen quit head for the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Thank you, thank you to the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition for sponsoring this your broadcast. And ready to to all we members. Stay safe, stay strong, be blessed. Thank you, thank you, y'all.